0: Good morning, and welcome to Current Radio. It's Friday, January 19th. Today, we delve into the world of science, starting with new algae species, rewriting our understanding of reef systems and how nature is inspiring science through biomimicry. Plus, we'll discuss the launch of a private U.S. moon mission and its potential to open a new era for science, and we'll delve into the consciousness wars, questioning if scientists can ever agree on how the mind works. All this coverage and more, up next. Welcome to Current Radio's Science Station. Please enjoy today's selection of science news. In the heart of the Great Barrier Reef, a groundbreaking discovery has been made that could change our understanding of this World Heritage-listed landmark. Charlotte, can you tell us more about this exciting development?
1: Absolutely, Diego. An international team of marine scientists has identified and officially named four new species of algae. This discovery challenges previous taxonomical assumptions within the Pyrrolithon genus, which is known for its crucial ecological significance in cementing the delicate frameworks of coral reefs and sustaining marine biodiversity.
0: That's fascinating. Can you tell us more about the specific characteristics of these new species?
1: Sure. The four newly discovered species have been named Pyrrolithon lobulatum, Pyrrolithon parvulum, porolithon panaculum, and Pyrrolithon hoensis. Each of these species has unique features, including their growth form, margin shape, and internal anatomy. For instance, P. lobulatum has branched forms and lobed free margins, while P. panaculum exhibits a mountain-like columnar morphology.
0: What does this discovery mean for our understanding of the Great Barrier Reef and its conservation?
1: This discovery not only adds to the rich biodiversity of the Great Barrier Reef and other remote coral reef areas, but also emphasizes the importance of continuous research and conservation efforts. Coralithon species are very sensitive to the impacts of ocean acidification and warming, so it's crucial that we recognize and document this diversity, especially given the potential risks of losing this diversity to climate change. As Associate Professor Diaz Polito, the research team leader, said, We can't protect what we don't know.
0: A powerful reminder of the importance of scientific discovery in the face of climate change. Thanks for sharing, Charlotte. In a similar vein, Nature has always been a source of inspiration for poets, thinkers, and writers, but it's not just the arts that are influenced by the natural world. Science and engineering are also drawing inspiration from nature in a process known as biomimicry. Charlotte, can you tell us more about this fascinating concept?
1: Absolutely, Diego. Biomimicry is essentially the practice of learning from and mimicking the strategies found in nature to solve complex human problems. It's a fascinating field that's giving us some truly innovative solutions.
0: Can you give us some examples of biomimicry in action?
1: Sure, there are numerous examples. The design model of wind turbines, for instance, was inspired by the fins of humpback whales. The shape of bullet trains is inspired by the beak of the kingfisher bird. Even the ventilation systems we use in tall buildings are inspired by termite mounds. And it's believed that the design of airplanes was inspired by the body structure of birds.
0: So it's safe to say that nature is not just a source of beauty and inspiration, but also a source of practical, innovative solutions to complex problems.
1: Absolutely. Nature has been solving problems for millions of years, so it makes sense to look to it for inspiration. As we continue to face new challenges, I think we'll see even more examples of biomimicry in the future.
0: A fascinating perspective, Charlotte reminding us that we have much to learn from the natural world around us. And speaking of learning, a private US moon mission has been launched in a significant development. This could potentially open a new era for science. Charlotte, can you tell us more about this mission and what it means for the future of space exploration?
1: Absolutely, Diego. This mission is a game changer. It's the first of its kind, a private mission to the moon, and it's causing quite a stir in the scientific community. The details of the mission are still under wraps, but the implications are far-reaching. This could pave the way for more private companies to engage in space exploration, which could accelerate scientific discoveries and advancements in this field.
0: That's interesting. How does this shift from government-led to private missions impact the field of space exploration?
1: Well, Diego, traditionally, space exploration has been the domain of government agencies like NASA. But with the advent of private companies entering the field, we're seeing a shift. This could lead to increased competition, which often drives innovation. It could also potentially democratize space exploration, making it more accessible to different entities and even individuals. However, it's not without its challenges. There are questions around regulation, ethics, and the potential for commercial exploitation of space resources. It's an exciting yet complex new frontier.
0: Indeed, a complex and fascinating new era for science. Thanks for your insights, Charlotte. In a similar vein of complexity, consciousness, a topic that has intrigued philosophers and scientists for centuries, is now at the center of a heated debate in the world of neuroscience. Lucia Maloney, a neuroscientist at the Max Planck Institute for Empirical Aesthetics, is leading a project to empirically test competing theories of consciousness, but it seems the process is not as straightforward as one might think. Charlotte, could you shed some light on this?
1: Absolutely, Diego. Maloney's project is part of a larger initiative by the Templeton World Charity Foundation, which has committed $20 million to five projects aimed at advancing consciousness research. The goal is to produce evidence that supports one theory and falsifies another. Maloney's group is testing two prominent ideas integrated information theory, which suggests consciousness is tied to the degree of integrated information generated by a system like the human brain, and Global Neuronal Workspace Theory, which posits that mental content becomes conscious when it's broadcast across the brain through a specialized network.
0: Sounds like a challenging task. How has the process been so far?
1: It's been fraught with disagreements and disputes, reflecting wider fractures in the field. Consciousness means different things to different people, which complicates attempts to compare ideas. Moreover, last September, an open letter critiquing integrated information theory as untestable pseudoscience stirred up controversy, causing some researchers to contemplate leaving the field altogether.
0: That's quite concerning. How is this affecting younger researchers in the field?
1: Younger researchers are indeed worried about the contentious climate. They fear that a field engulfed in such disputes could be perceived as stagnant, which could affect funding. However. Despite these challenges, many remain hopeful for the future of consciousness science. The adversarial collaborations, though difficult, are seen as a means to advance the field. And there's a new generation of researchers striving for open-mindedness and meaningful dialogue.
0: It's encouraging to hear that there's still hope despite the challenges. What about the practical implications of understanding consciousness?
1: Understanding consciousness could have significant implications in medicine and artificial intelligence. For instance, it could help diagnose awareness in unresponsive people or guide researchers in creating conscious machines. Despite the current disputes, the field has come a long way from being considered taboo to study. Over the past two decades, there have been hundreds of empirical tests of consciousness theories indicating the field's growing maturity.
0: It's a complex field indeed. Thanks for your insights, Charlotte. All right, as we wrap up our stories for today, we appreciate you listening to Current Radio and look forward to having you back here tomorrow.